I don't want to think about it like Amazon. That's the worst way to think about it. The world is getting crazier. People are acting more and more insane. The end of the world is tomorrow. 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 There's only one thing to do when the world is falling apart. Listen to Basil and Gons as they discuss this week's news and events through the lens of Bible prophecy. You are listening to Canary Cry News Talk. You're listening to Canary Cry News Talk. Today is October 14th, 2020. This is episode 255. And today, clear your beast mind. And you know me, everybody. I am your best buddy, Basil. And this is Gons. Welcome to the podcast where we bring you news from a couple guys that love Jesus, that love you. And we're learning how to love ourselves and especially our enemies who just hate us. They hate us, Basil. All those algos, no, too. We shouldn't pray an for those enemy, An enemy is just a friend who hates you. You know? <laughs> That's what I said. They hate us. So you got to stay positive. A stranger is just a friend you haven't met. An enemy is just a friend who hates you. So... <laughs> Good. I don't know what I'm saying. I'm happy to be back, though. It's been a busy couple days for me, Gons. What's been going on over in your life there? Um, I'm supposed to get tested now for the Rona Ronas. Because, what? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had a uh, situation where I You've apparently... You've been contact traced. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the deal is. We're buffering already, which is not a good sign. Um, yeah, always fun. But yes, I've been, uh, I, I guess I came in contact with somebody who tested positive. And so, of Uh-oh. course, now I have to go get tested at some point. Got to uh, go get your positive PCR test? Yeah, I'm going to be asking and questions for 40, sure. 40 cycles? Is it 40 cycles? I thought it was 30, but yeah, something like that. I'll be asking <laughs> questions and I'll say, hey, uh, how many cycles for this PCR yeah. test? And uh also, I won't die. Just want to make put that you out won't there. Die. That's I won't true. die. Yeah. Yeah, we Pretty know sure that. I won't die. But also You're invincible. Be, <laughs> well, yes, in Christ we are uh eternally uh alive. Or we only we will only face uh the first death, not the second death. But anyway, I you know, I'm kind of like I'm more I think I'm going to be very angry if I test positive because Uh-huh. It's it's you know, it's like a flu. It's really nothing, but the consequences might be I won't be able to be with my wife when she has the baby. You know what I mean? Like if yes. it if it goes into all that stuff, then it will it'll turn into that. So um I'll be very upset. I'll let people know yeah. how upset I am if uh, if I do test yeah, positive that's... and I get shut out from uh seeing my the birth of my child. Uh, because that's yes, really the part be a of the big problem. Well, yeah, but because that's really the, the problem here. It's not so much uh, the virus itself. It's like, all right, yeah, sure. There's a thing kind of like the flu going around, but Most it's the lockdown. Most likely you will not have any uh, serious uh, ramifications, but no. the serious ramification is this is horrible timing. <laughs> horrible timing. And it's, again, no physical ramifications in terms of my health. More so like the totalitarian lockdown ramifications of the, the New World Order scientific dictatorship. So uh, well, somebody it's asking, just a matter of time. Do I feel sick? No, I do not feel sick. I had a light headache, but I mean, that's a headache, you know? 
But it has been messing Got with it. my head today. We all have headaches, man. I know. I get a headache every show. <laughs> well, you do have a giant googly eyes that take in a lot yeah. of light, you know, so. In the VR world here, it's taken. I will say, overall, my brain has started to uh, adapt to spending long t- periods of time in the VR space here. I don't know if that's for better or for worse, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Well, we have... Uh, the entirety of the Canary Cry Commandos, the Canary Cry family. Oh, and the the, uh, the Canary Cry producers. Everybody will That's be right. keeping you guns. Not just you and your health, but the obvious, uh, obviously the health of your family. But also, the uh, we'll, we'll pray that they keep the PCR test down to the, uh, the correct amount of cycles yeah. as to not pick up any false positives false positive would be almost worse than an actual positive at this point yeah um because you would be being kept away from the birth of your child for nothing i'll just you know i should have a jingle my whole jingle board uh on my phone or something so if they say stuff to me i can like just instead of talk to them i'll just play jingles at them you know they're like your test is positive i'll be like son of a beasting You know, it's uh, it's interesting because you are equipped with the knowledge uh, about the PCR test. First, you can ask them like, oh, what kind of test is it? Is it a PCR test? And then you can ask them how many cycles they're going to do. And uh, I don't know. Who knows? If they're like, yeah, we'll, we'll run it to, through 40 cycles. You can just be <laughs> like, well, my good friend George Washington, and you hold up a dollar bill, says – you should do 27 cycles and see if that uh, does it. You can do Abraham Lincoln if you're really feeling rich that day. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, either that. Well, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll go Andrew Jackson if I have to. <laughs> I'll be like, hey, buddy. Don't make me, <laughs> don't don't make make me, me call my friend Andrew Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, George Washington oh, isn't going to do much other than like Illuminati confirmed, you know. Here's, sure. here's all seeing eye on a piece of paper. There you go, buddy. Yeah. About lower go. cycles on that test. All right. Make anyway. it happen. Make it so. Yeah, we'll see. Well, I'll keep I'd, you guys uh, posted. I had an exciting couple days. I uh, spent some time uh, uh, helping out the community, did some char- uh, charity work the past couple days. Yeah. And um, I got to say, I got, I got really good at driving a forklift. Ooh. That's right. Working man Basil, old old hard knuckles Basil driving a forklift around. You know, and uh, I got <laughs> it, it was very scary at first, but I watched a couple YouTube videos. Don't worry. And uh, by the end, I was a pro, man. Yeah, it's good to hear a couple things. First off, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of like Basil haters. Eh, there's less now, but there's like some Basil haters out there. And, you know, some people yeah. ask the question, like, is he even a Christian? You know, like the, that whole thing, even Classic. from like, even from people that have met you at conferences, you know, that's been kind of mm-hmm. the, the question, you know? Um, oh. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, you know what we're talking about, but the, the thing know. that people don't realize is the amount of community work you actually do, which is pretty significant. So people should know well, that. I'm not going to say thank more you than very that, much. but yes, you are. Yes. Uh, you're better than I am when it comes to doing that kind of stuff. Uh, <laughs> well, I appreciate that very much. Uh, the second and, thing is, uh, 
uh, before you go oh, on, yeah. I, I, okay. I was getting on the freeway today and I did see, and it just made me think of it. Uh, uh, it wasn't a forklift, but it was one of those, like, uh, what are those things called? Those big scooper things with the big arm that scoops up dirt and picks it up. Like an excavator. Yeah. And it, they're doing some construction around the on-ramp of a freeway. It's like a loopy loop on-ramp. And it was on mm-hmm. the side of the hill right above where cars go. And it was dropping dirt, you know, on the side. And it just looked uh, really sketchy to me. So I'm hoping, yeah. you know, I don't go back and I see like a, a you know, one of those things crushing cars. But, uh, but those things are serious, man. I know. I, those- I, I have gotten, when I was a child, actually, I got to drive an excavator uh, under the <laughs> meticulous supervision of a professional. But there we go. Now, you know, for a plan B, if this podcasting thing doesn't work out, I can put, uh, you know, uh, a forklift operator uh, experience as well as. Um, some excavator experience. Future ex Mrs. Mecha Basil in the chat says forklift operation is a prerequisite for mech athletes. So this is good. I got to let uh, the, the mech racing league know that yeah. I'm a pro forklifter now. <laughs> you should be the first podcaster to podcast from a forklift. You know, one of these days, just while you're forklifting. You know, that's me. I'm all I'm all about pushing the envelope, progressing <laughs> the industry. You know, the, all yeah. the cr- different crazy places that a podcast can be done. Right. Exactly. All right. Well, that's all the fun news for today. I think. I think it's time to get in some updates. What do you say? Let's do it. Sleepy update. Do you want fries with that? Did I lose cool. you? Did I lose you? No. Did you not no. hear the jingle? Oh my gosh. I'm sorry. My brain is totally scrambled. Um, <laughs> I forgot about, <laughs> I forgot we're doing a flippy update. It's time for the flippy update, everybody. That's right. If you're new to the show, let me explain to you. Flippy is the colloquial name for the disembodied robot arms that are taking our jobs, enslaving our children, and flirting with our spouses. We use talking about Flippy as a sort of a proxy conversation to continuously explore all the new and exciting ways that robots and AI are taking over the world and will soon be our loving robotic overlords. Today, I'm coming from news.yahoo.com and the article reads, Google reveals mineral crop inspecting robots. Dun, dun, dun. What does that mean? Well, let's read about it. Google's parent company, Alphabet, has unveiled prototype robots that can inspect. You know, one interesting thing to note here, um, they say Google reveals mineral crop inspecting robots. And this happens all the time in these articles, but they always start out with Google's parent company, Alphabet has unveiled prototype robots. Right. Well, you know, it's they, like they don't, they, they don't trust the public to know who alphabet is. Well, number they have one, to drop yes. the Google name. But also if you're going to do the right SEO, you know, appeal yes. to the Google gods, you use Google That's instead of true. alphabet. That's a good point. Google loves, uh, 
reporting on itself. All right. Google's parent company, Alphabet, has unveiled prototype robots that can inspect individual plants in a field to help farmers improve crop yields. The robot buggies roll through fields on upright pillars so they can coast over plants without disturbing them. The goal is to collect huge amounts of data about how crops grow. Called Project Mineral, it is a part of Alphabet's X Company, which aims to create world-changing technology from radical, quote, moonshot ideas. In a blog post, Project Lead Elliot Grant said, quote, We hope that better tools will enable the agricultural industry to transform how food is grown. The team says its main goal is to address the world's increasing need for food and the sustainability of growing it. But current tools do not give farmers the kinds of information they need. Oh, these farmers need more info. Hold on, stop. Wait, wait. Farmers have been figuring this thing out for thousands of years, (laughs) (laughs) but Google is going to help farmers because they just don't have enough data. Don't worry, farmers. Google is here to teach you how (laughs) to do your job. So insulting. All right. Quote, what if every single plant could be monitored and given exactly the nutrition it needed? Mr. Grant wrote, what if we could untangle the genetic and environmental drivers of crop yield? While farmers may have information about the soil content or the weather, the buggy robot was designed to see how plants were, quote, actually growing and responding to their environment, the company said. Uh, quote continues over the past few years, the plant buggy has trundled through strawberry fields in California and soybean fields in Illinois, gathering high quality images of each plant and counting and classifying every berry and oh every bean. This is like, a, know, it's, this, this is like what they want to do with humans, but they're just testing the technology exactly on, on plants and, and fruit. They're not happy with collecting every piece of data on every human being on Earth. Now they're like, we just need to know about every berry and every bean. Put it into the algos. All right, to finish out the article, uh, thought bean counting was boring. Our AI models bring some color to the field with a disco vision effect that makes it easier for growers to see and count how many soybeans are growing and grooving above ground that was a tweet by the team at x um let's see here is this the uh, x got a little uh, the x company that uh, elon musk is involved with or is this different no this is not you're are you talking about spacex what no, x no, no, are you talking no. about no uh or yeah maybe or i don't i don't know i thought elon musk had x.com doesn't he own x.com oh. i remember something about that i don't though What's yeah. what is X.com? Have you gone there? I have not. Here, I'll check it out oh, while, okay. you, while you figure this out here. Yeah. On top of being a literal bean counter, the buggy can also record information such as plant height, leaf area, and fruit size. And all that data is plugged into a machine learning system to try to spot patterns and insights useful to farmers. Ian Drew, a technology company founder and chairman and sheep farmer, said, yeah. quote, putting robots in the field makes an awful lot of sense it does thank you ian (laughs) drew for that riveting quote checking for bugs what nothing go on 
Okay, I think we have a tiny bit of delay, I which think so might too. end up being annoying, but yeah. well, now we'll just keep it in mind. Checking for bugs, making sure crops were picked and planted at the right time, and even picking weeds or moving fences were possibilities. He said, quote, having robots is really efficient and effective, Mr. Drew said. Oh, thank you. Farmers are marginal most of the time. Oh, my gosh. No respect for the farmers from Mr. Drew. And so 1%, 2%, 5% efficiency is a huge gain for them. And anything that can do that for them will be taken up in the right way. But there are some downsides to all this. Data security was essential at every step, he said, because the last thing you want to do is have somebody hijack your farm. What? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. And the question of who owned the data was important. Quote, the big data is really important and governments will want to have a say and control over how that is used and who gets to see it because it is of national interest. Mineral said it was already working with breeders and farmers in Argentina, Canada, South Africa and the United States. But there is no explicit timeline for or plan to release the buggy as a commercial product. Man, you know, I am not a farmer, but uh, I felt rage on behalf of our farmer listeners and producers about uh, just how belittling this is not just the existence i mean i hope the i hope the product does help uh farmers i think farmers should have all the help they can possibly want or need but uh some of these quotes is just really really insulting yeah. Also, the big data involved in counting every single bean and leaf and uh, considering that a national, you know, of national interest is just the next step in like the mega uh, data izing or analyzing of the physical world that inevitably will be fed into our uh, AI robotic overlords mainframe. Maybe it's a good idea at this point to start pushing the the uh the uh, personhood of robots and say you're you're using them you're using them as slaves on the farm oh, field yeah you can't put the robots on the plantation man yeah it's, that's, that's not right not good not right yeah maybe that'll be we've, we've fought too long and uh plus again you work these robots too hard there will be a revolt and that will be the end of us but there you go that's the flippy update flippy's getting into farming and uh he's uh he's i think he's uh getting a little too well he's getting a little bit too big big for his britches there yeah yeah i went to x.com it's a non-secure website and all it is is a blank page with the letter x on the top left corner just you know simple coding uh x nothing 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 there so good job elon really really working on that website he just parked he parked that sucker and uh locked it up and walked away yeah i think his son his recent child has an x in his name so maybe he was reserving it for him x ash yeah 12 Whatever it was. Right. Yeah, I can't I remember what it is. Though. All right. Okay. There you go. What do, what do you got for us, Guns? A few updates here. Whoa. Whoa. My jingle board f- switched to the other window. That was really weird. Okay. Here we go. Woo! 33 is the Illuminati dog whistle. 
is uh, is always a number we're looking for in mainstream media news. And this one, of course, Pitchfork.com, 33 musicians on why they're voting in the 2020 election. Now, this is the most misleading wow. title because mm-hmm. out of the 33, guess how many people said they're voting for Trump? Uh, I, I would assume zero. Zero. Absolutely zero. zero. Not one. Not one. They didn't do one. No, there's a lot of, well, uh, of course. Yeah, there's a lot of F Trumps and F the system and a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, mm, yeah. Tell me, I'm going to run through these real quick, Basil. Tell me if you know any of these artists or musicians, because I, I okay. didn't know most of them. Yaeji. Yaeji. No. Yaeji. No. Okay. Nope. Uh, Kamasi Washington. Nope. Okay. David Byrne. Nope. <laughs> Rhiannon Gid- Gidin- Giddens. No. Nope. I'll, I'll just mention it. I'll just keep going. Stop me if you know one. Okay. Margot okay. Price, Vic Mensa, uh, Billy Eilish. Huh? That's yeah. Billy Eilish. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Eilish. Okay. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she said there's so much at stake right now after four years of Donald Trump. Things are so much worse and actually really scary. And then oh my gosh, a- Billy Eilish with your bajillions of dollars. You must be so afraid. Uh Alinda Segara, uh Breeder The Breeders is Kelly Deal, Arcade Fires, Will Butler. I have heard of Arcade Fire. Yeah. An old 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 indie band. Denzel Curry. Here, I'll I'll save you a little bit of time. I opened up the link and I'm scrolling through. And uh, nope, haven't heard of any of these except for Billie Eilish and uh, the other one you just said. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kim Gordon, who uh, said, we can't do anything progressively until we get rid of Trump. Uh, oh, Devo. Devo's Mark Mother's Ba. Ooh. Yeah. Beth Ditto, Public Enemy Chuck D said, come on, man. Yeah. Come so anyway. on, man. <laughs> hey, folks. Listen here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this person here, who is this? Uh, An- Anoni? Anoni? Yeah. No, some- I think I can. I think we can uh, settle on the fact that we've heard of almost none of these people. And of course, yeah, it's just a sort of. If you're an artist, if you're a creator, you can't vote for Trump. Here's thirty-three of your favorite strangers who will tell you why. Yeah, and this uh, Anoni uh, person here mentions how a vote for Trump is an angel of retribution upon the elite. And uh, what? <laughs> yeah. And a end, vote for Trump is an angel of retribution against the elite? No, upon the elite. Upon? Yeah. Wait, yeah. Yeah, so is it's it, basically wait, saying. Isn't he, that good? No, he's basically saying that he's, he's, he's you know. Helping the elite. Oh, okay. That's a weird way to put it, but yeah. whatever you say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then at the very end, uh, he, she, I can't tell from the picture, says, on the bright side, if we get through the rest of Trump's term without detonating a nuclear weapon, I believe we will still have something to be grateful for. What is that? Oh, just that? Just, just that. Not, not doing a nuke? Not setting off a nuke. Is, oh my gosh, is, these people are <laughs> these deceived. People are just, it's so, just brainwashing, alarmist brainwashing. 
it's crazy, you know? And, and yeah, so 33 musicians on why they're voting in the 2020 yeah. elections with a bunch of people I've never heard of. And no, you know, usually with something like this in the past, you've seen a little bit more balance, you know, li- just a little bit more, but there's no balance mm-hmm. whatsoever. And of course, you got to mm-hmm. use a 33 uh, Illuminati dog whistle signaling along with all the, the orange man bad stuff yeah, in there. Of course. It's the so, only uh, way the spell works, Gons. But here's what I want to know. Is okay. any Trump supporter who's going to vote for Trump, are they going to see this, this you know, list or whatever? And see, and, you know, say, uh, uh, see uh, Margo change Price. Margo Price hates Trump. Oh, man, I really should change no, my vote. Of course not. So well, what, and what that's, kind of the, that's kind of the point here. You know, at this point, nobody's really going to be changing their mind. And so you put out a thing with 33 to tack on to the magical spell of making sure that, uh, you know, people go out and vote, but not to vote their conscience or vote their politics, vote for the, uh, <laughs> the, you know, Democratic Party. Yeah, yeah. And I wanted to mention this as part of, because uh, I was sort of watching the Amy uh, Comey, Coney Barrett uh, confirmation hearings right before mm-hmm. the show. And yeah. I, I, this this has to be, and maybe the No Agenda show will address this tomorrow, but this mm-hmm. moment has to be deliberate. There's just no way that it's not. So basically, you're talking this about is a, the note, the what notepad? No, not the notepad. Oh. So uh, uh, basically, you know, all these senators are, you know, they're questioning her, or whatever. There was a, a good handful of Republicans that were telling her, "Hey, we're going to vote for you." You're, you know, you're you're basically what we're looking for. Blah blah blah. And so this. Uh, this one uh, senator, I think it's Blumenthal, is asking a question, and mm-hmm. um, I tried to stop it. Hopefully, this works. But uh, listen to what happens here. And from the pro-choice caucus, uh, without objection. Thank you. Uh, there are a couple of loose ends that I'd like to clarify from our conversation of yesterday. First of all, he's asking the question. Our discussion of the oh boy. Second Amendment, mm-hmm. we both made reference to the Third Circuit and its ruling on whether or not uh, individuals convicted of a crime could possess a firearm. And I think you cited the Third Circuit as supporting the idea that certain felons could possess firearms, if I'm not mistaken. And I went back and checked that too. And so you're right, it was a splintered decision. And I was thinking of Judge Hardiman's opinion, which was close. It's still going, folks. It's still going. What's still Complete going? Complete shutdown of the audio. Oh. Oh, that's what you're saying. Yeah. When she started answering the question, they turned off her audio? Yep. And then there's wow. like a room mic that comes back on. And they're, they're trying to tell her to like try to turn the mic back on. The senator's question, the Supreme Court nominee, Judge Amy Coney Barrett. They're having some audio difficulties. I'm Harris Faulkner handling. Blah, blah, blah. Right. Audio. There's no, there is no way that the entire audio feed just drops in that situation. I mean, there is, it's possible, but. The fact that it went dead and then they turned up a room mic. You can hear the room mic get turned up, which means that somebody yeah. at the soundboard 
is able to turn up another mic to try to, you know, I mean, it's possible that a mic died, but very unusual, especially regarding yeah, uh, the topic of the second amendment and, and, you know, guns and yeah. that kind of stuff. Do you know what exactly she was talking about? I'm assuming they were referring to a prior judgment that she made. Yeah. And I think she so. was having a chance to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah. Something about huh. uh, ex convicts and their, their right to gain access to guns. And that and, might yeah. be interesting to look into to yeah. see exactly what her ruling was. And uh, maybe who benefits from uh, uh, the mic cutting out during her answer? Yeah. I mean, uh, I know stuff like this happens all the time, but as Mm -hmm. a sound engineer and, you know, just doing these things for a living, basically, uh, highly unusual for something like that to happen, especially the way it cut out. It's like yeah. completely shut That's down. That's interesting. Now. Do you, is there video to that or is it just there audio? Is. There's video. Okay. Yeah. So people Did, watching. Can you tell, is it a wired mic or wireless? No, or it's, it's a, it's a wired mic that is on a little, uh, a little podium type of thing. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it has a mute button on the thing. So it's, it's wired. It's not a wireless hmm. mic. It looks like a interesting uh, XLR condenser, you know, getting all technical, but yeah, sure. it's, um, there's the only way it would have gone out is if literally somebody uh, at the soundboard shut it off, hit mute or something, or there was a, you right. know, some kind of power surge, I guess. But if there was a power surge, you'd expect to see more things go out, you know, lights. Other, That's other type interesting. Of so I would be interested in checking out the transcript of the uh, uh, of the hearing and see if they. The, transcribed it see if it made yeah. it into the script or if it oh, yeah. that also got uh, redacted or left out i don't know that's, that's a really that's a really good point yeah uh yeah. somebody's saying or unplugged usually when when mics are unplugged you can you can tell there's a little power surge you'll sound it. you'll yeah. hear it you'll hear like a you know type of sound um mm-hmm. so this one was more like i hit the mute button and everything goes silent uh so right. anyway just something to something to point out there uh just wanted to throw that in there because I was watching this sure. beforehand and uh, you know, there's always, there's always things going on agendas that we don't know about that's uh, mm-hmm. playing out right before our eyes. So just thought I'd point that out for people out there. Um, another quick update. Shameful generation. This is ctvnews.ca 11 year old charged in Louisiana after allegedly stealing school bus engaged, uh, engaging in police chase. You hear about oh, this no. puzzle? No, you didn't, didn't hear about this. Uh, an eleven-year-old, 11 boy in Louisiana is facing multiple charges after allegedly stealing a school bus and taking it for a joyride. Police in Baton Rouge, mm-hmm. Louisiana, allege the preteen saw the bus at an early childhood education center, figured out how to turn it on, and began driving. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, wow. And there's, there's some video. Bold move. Yeah, bold. Bold move, kiddo. There's some video of, uh, you know, just civilians um, filming the bus go by. And uh, I don't think this video actually shows the whole thing, but it was, it was flying. It's flying down the street. <laughs> and it's, Dude, that's you know, not easy to do, man. No, An 11 no. year old could even reach the pedals. I mean, and a bus steering wheel that's bigger than his whole body. Yeah. Yeah. And he, I guess he swerved and, and you know, tried to hit people. Uh, and then the, the oh, chase no. lasted about a half hour before the bus crashed into a gas line and a tree in a woman's front front yard, causing severe damage to the bus. 
Uh, he was okay. I don't think there was any injuries. So, you know, thank God nobody got hurt. But what's wow. going on? What's going on, Basil? <laughs> what's it's those dang video games again. Uh, maybe. They're always making kids steal the school buses. <laughs> is, that, is that what it is? Wow. Okay. Okay. Back to more. <laughs> I have uh, no idea. It sounds like the kid needs a, a whooping. A whooping or, yeah, better parenting. I don't know. Um, but yeah, I guess he's tri- being tried same, as a juvenile. Same thing. Same, same Sorry, thing. Sorry, he's, <laughs> he's being tried as an adult? No, 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 as a juvenile. Oh, oh okay. Got it. He's Good. 11. He is a juvenile. What's going to happen his, if like a 11 is pretty young? little 11-year-old squirrel brain. Yeah, 11 is pretty young. I wonder what's going to happen if, uh, you know, six, seven, eight-year-olds start doing stuff like this. Then we're really talking, you know, child Well, it sounds takeover. like the bus driver shouldn't be leaving his keys in the <laughs> bus. I, I doubt this 11-year-old hot-wired the bus. Yeah, I think know, that man. there's a, a little bit of responsibility to the bus driver. You never know. Or maybe he was shown some Andrew Jacksons, you know? <laughs> hey, hey, Come mister. On. Come on, just let me take you for a ride. <laughs> All right. Okay. Uh, here's another uh, quick update from a story we tackled yesterday or the day before last episode. Uh, and so my question is very direct. Is voting by mail secure? <laughs> this is news.yahoo.com. Trump urges California GOP to continue using fake quote unquote official drop boxes in spite of legal threat. Oh, boy. Yep. President Trump urged California Republicans to defy a state order to remove fake official ballot drop boxes after numerous top officials called them illegal. Uh, And I guess the GOP uh, or I guess the GOP groups uh, said that they, you know, that the quote unquote illegal uh, ballot boxes belong to them. So they they claimed it. Yeah. And um and uh, so, yeah, Trump's pushing for them to keep doing it because I, I looked into this because I was curious. I'm like, OK, what's what's really going on here? What's what's the situation? And um, it, it's all political, man. It's all political. And I actually found the bill that they're referencing. And mm-hmm. it's uh, Assembly Bill number 1921, blah, blah, blah. So in it, it says this. Um, existing law requires that the vote by mail ballot be available to any registered voter under existing law. A voter who is unable to return his or her vote by mail ballot may designate his or her spouse, child, parent, grandparent, grandchild, brother, sister, or person residing in the same household as a vote by mail voter to return the vote by a mail ballot, except in the case of the candidate or spouse of the candidate. Existing law prohibits the return of a voter's vote by mail ballot by one of these designees who is also a paid or volunteer worker of a general purpose committee, controlled committee, or any other group or organization uh, at whose behest individual designated to return the ballot is performing a service. Here's the key line here. This bill would remove those restrictions and instead authorize the designation of any person to return a vote by mail ballot. Any person. That's mm. that's what it says in the actual thing. And so I guess in the past, the Democrats have used this for ballot harvesting. And so now the Republicans said, well, they're doing it. So let's do it, too. And then the Democrats right. are saying, oh, it's illegal. You can't do that. And so this is yeah. a interpretation of the law, a, you know, battle between Democrats and Republicans in California. 
And so it's a little more complicated. So obviously Trump's going to say, just keep using it, use it. We're in the new age. But yeah. <laughs> uh, I, they gave till the 15th to actually do something or they're going to get sued or whatever. So uh, we'll see what happens here in the next couple of days. But uh, oh, my gosh, this is not going to be the last time we hear about this. No, uh, we've I mean, we've talked about it. a lot of people have talked about it. This is not going to be a cut and dry thing. We're not going to know on Election Day who won. We're probably not going to know a week or even two weeks later. I think a lot of people have the feeling this is all going to go to the courts. And uh, this whole GOP uh, official, unofficial voting box thing in California, uh, we're going to be hearing about this for months. Yeah. And if you uh, look around historically other nations and uh, controversial election results in other countries just look at that look at that as a model for what we might face here which is you know right. trump saying like uh, i won you know i'm the i continue to be president and then the media saying it's not completely you know, you know it's not da oh yeah yeah you know it's 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 a little bit of a back and forth i mean i don't buy this thing that trump won't give it up if he loses I don't think it's that simple. I mean, everybody said that about every single president yeah. in my lifetime. I remember people saying that about Bush. They said it about Obama. They, I don't, I was too young to know if they said it about Bill Clinton, but every time that there's an election, it's always, Oh, he won't give up power. He won't give up power. We're turning into a tyranny. Well, we have slowly been, uh, the t tyranny has been ramping up for sure, but I don't know if anybody wouldn't give it up, give up power. It'd probably be Trump, but um, it's not a cut as cut and dry as like, oh, Joe Biden won. So Trump, you know, isn't giving up power or whatever. It's this whole thing is going to be so screwy, so complicated. There's going to be so much uh, sort of cloak and dagger going on with these ballots. It's going to be a mess. I guess I'm not saying anything new here, but. Just yeah. to vent my frustration. So you're saying that the bill, the current bill, the current law, uh, technically does or does not allow for any third party to to transport the the ballot. Well, it depends on how you define any person. Is that's what okay. it says? The 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 new law, the bill, would authorize the designation of any person to return a vote by mail ballot. So, so it said would though. So it's not actually passed. That's no, no, no. something this, that this, is this was the bill. This was the bill that was presented in 2016. I think it was passed approved by oh. governor September 29, 2016. So yeah, this is what, yeah, it was approved. So yeah, this has been the law for the last four years. So it's and, basically uh, legal ballot harvesting. Yeah. That's, that's why the, the Republicans probably mm. the GOP did this yeah you know i think they were Got trying to prove it. a point maybe but either way they're probably it was one of those strategies like well you guys did it so we're gonna do it you know equal playing ground or whatever right and uh but then now the democrats are like well you're breaking the law and it's like well it says in the law that any person can do it so it's a mess and absolute mess yeah yeah oh, boy. Right. yeah it'll be it'll be fun the next few months sure <laughs> <laughs> all right um one more quick update news here before we get into one of the main stories welcome to chinese cnbc.com china hands out 1.5 million dollars 
of its digital currency in one of the country's mm. biggest public tests. And um, so it says here, uh, just the bullet points. Last week, the government in Shenzhen carried out a lottery to give away a, t- a total of 10 million yuan, about $1.5 million worth of the digital currency. The winners can now download a digital Remimbi app to receive the digital yuan and spend it at over 3,000 merchants in a particular district of Shenzhen. The, hmm. the digital yuan is not a cryptocurrency like Bitcoin. Instead, it is issued and controlled by the People's Bank of China, the country's central bank. And uh, this is um, very much, I think, what we are or we might see in the United States in terms of getting stimulus money to the hands of the people quicker, things like that. So I yeah, think this is the um, digital dollar, the digital dollar. Uh, yeah, so and that's a good thing to clear up too, just real quick. Yeah. When we talk about the, uh, the digital dollar, you know, oftentimes maybe we'll call it a cryptocurrency. A lot of people have referred to it as a cryptocurrency. It is technically a digital currency, but it's, uh, you know, it's not a cryptocurrency in its true form being decentralized and not controlled. So, right. Uh, that, then that's what we're going to see with the digital dollar. Did we ever get a confirmation if that was actually going through in January? I don't know about the confirmation, but I think I sent you the, the bill that was introduced yeah. in March that, uh, I did read through the bill. Yeah. The, the fed app. And so you basically, you you tie in your social security number to, an app, you know, federally commissioned app. And then, uh, you know, based on that, you can receive money from the government directly instead Mm -hmm. of, you know, waiting for a while. But the problem with the post office in America, post office. Yeah. The problem is that just as easily they can hand money to you, they can just take it away. You know, that's part of it. The, the, the problem with a centralized cryptocurrency is that it is controlled in one central location. There's, you know, uh, a central point of failure, if yeah. you will, or just a central uh, brain controlling it all right. instead yeah, of decentralized. Yeah, it's controlled. I want to mention uh, Isaiah 4214 in the chat says, it is still blockchain tech. I read through the bill and I could not find the word blockchain. Mm, interesting. I'm not sure if they're going to do it on the blockchain. It seems like they... Maybe I should pull it up again and relook at it. But yeah, I read through the whole bill because I was interested to see like, oh, how are they going to run this cryptocurrency or whatever? Right. I could not. They, they don't mention cryptocurrency. I don't even think they mention blockchain. They just call it a digital currency, hmm. which could it doesn't have to be on the blockchain to be uh, to do this, yeah, you, don't, you know, to do the digital dollar thing. In fact, yeah. it'd probably be better for them to not do it on the blockchain um, so they can control it easier. And there's less uh, immutability and transparency because that's certainly not what the government wants out of this. Right. Yeah. The blockchain will allow. Uh, yeah. It's an immutable ledger, which basically, yeah, you won't be able to. Or if you do reverse a transaction, it'll all be recorded. Uh, yeah, it's amended. It, yeah, yeah. So it's it's you know I know we get technical into the weeds a little bit here, but um, yeah, it's interesting to watch and to see because uh, you can still have blockchain and still you know have it be centralized. You know, yeah. It's, it's just it's just the, um, the mode of the ledger. Right now we're just getting getting into tech talk. We'll save that for tech the tech talk podcast. Um, <laughs> 
I do want to mention again because we have uh, our we have more people tuning in live here. Thanks for being here, everybody. Why don't you give a thumbs up or a like or whatever wherever you're watching? Give us a little something. Give the algorithms a boost. Um, I know there's some uh, confusion on whether or not that helps. Uh, we are we're we're playing around with some algorithms today. So help us out. Give us that thumbs up. Share the show. Do something like that. We'll see if it does anything by the end of the show. Um, okay, Sweet. Gons, you want to get into our main stories? Let's do it. And this first one. Got hairy legs. Cup of Joe. Got hairy legs. Let's... Cup of Joe. Got hairy legs. Okay, let's get a little update here with uh, not Biden in the uh, presidential campaign sense, but uh, let's check on the family tree here. I'm over here on New York Post. Com, so take that for what you will. But the headline reads, Smoking Gun email reveals how Hunter Biden introduced Ukrainian businessmen to VP dad. Hunter Biden introduced his father, then Vice President Joe Biden, to a top executive at a Ukrainian energy firm less than a year before the elder Biden pressured government officials in Ukraine into firing a prosecutor who was investigating the company, according to emails obtained by the Post. One sentence, folks. We got four lines. One sentence. Uh, the never-before-revealed meeting is mentioned in a message of appreciation that Vadim Pozharsky, an advisor to the board of Burisma, allegedly sent Hunter Biden on April 17th, 2015, about a year after Hunter joined the Burisma board at a reported salary of up to $50,000 a month. Quote, Dear Hunter, thank you for inviting me to D.C. and giving me an opportunity to meet your father and spent some time together. It's real tea and honor and pleasure. The email reads, An earlier email from May 2014 also shows Pazarski, I think I'm saying that right, uh, reportedly Burisma's number three exec, asking Hunter for, quote, advice on how you could use your influence on the company's behalf. The blockbuster correspondence, which flies in the face of Joe Biden's claim that he's, quote, never spoken to my son about his overseas business dealings, is contained in a massive trove of data recovered from a laptop computer. The computer was dropped off at a repair shop in Biden's home state of Delaware in, two th in April 2019, according to the store's owner. Other material extracted from the computer includes a raunchy 12-minute video that appears to show Hunter, who's admittedly struggling with addiction problems, smoking crack while engaged in a sex act with an unidentified woman, as well as numerous other sexually explicit images. Oh my gosh. The customer who brought in the water-damaged MacBook Pro for repair never paid for the service or retrieved it or a hard drive on which its contents were stored, according to the shop owner, who said he tried repeatedly to contact the client. The shop owner couldn't positively identify the customer as Hunter Biden, but said the laptop bore a sticker from the Bo Biden Foundation, named after Hunter's late brother and former Delaware Attorney General. Photos of the Delaware federal subpoena given to the Post show that both the computer heart and hard drive were seized by the FBI in December. Wow. After the shop's owner says he alerted the feds to their existence. Then they've got a copy of the subpoena there. 
but before turning over the gear, the shop owner says he made a copy of the hard drive and later gave it to former Mayor Rudy Giuliani's lawyer, Robert Costello. <laughs> I love when they refer to Mayor Rudy Giuliani's l- lawyer because uh, it's like it's the president's lawyers lawyer lawyer (laughs) lawyer lawyer lawyers all the way down steve bannon former advisor to president trump told the post about the existence of the hard drive in late september and giuliani provided the post with a copy of it on sunday less than eight months after pozarski thanked hunter biden for the introduction to his dad the then vice president admittedly pressured ukrainian president petro poroshenko and prime minister arseny yatsenyuk into getting rid of Prosecutor General Victor Shokin by threatening to withhold $1 billion U.S. loan guarantee during a December 2015 trip to Kiev. That's true. Uh, Biden admits this on tape. Uh, Quote, I looked at them and said, I'm leaving in six hours. If the prosecutor is not fired, you're not getting the money. Biden infamously bragged to the Council on Foreign Relations in 2018. Well, son of a bee, he got fired. Good timing. Shokin has said that at the time of his firing in March 2016, he'd made specific plans to investigate Burisma that included interrogations and other crime investigation procedures into all members of the executive board, including Hunter Biden. Joe Biden has insisted that the U.S. wanted Shokin uh, removed over corruption concerns, which were shared by the European European Union. Meanwhile, an email dated May 12, 2014, shortly after Hunter Biden joined the Burisma board, shows Pazarski attempting to get him to use his political leverage to help the company. The message had the subject line urgent issue and was also sent to Hunter Biden's business partner, partner Devin Archer, who also sat on the Burisma board at the time. Um, you know, this uh, article goes on and on and on. Did you uh, have anything extra? It's kind of just going way back into the the whole story, which we've covered before. Yeah. yeah um, this was there part anything specifically you wanted to bring up? I think, I think the big point here is more of a confirmation on some of the rumors yeah. and stuff uh, that was declassified or at least, uh, you know, made public. Um, yeah. But there's a, a an adjacent story to this, which is that this is you know this is a pretty big bombshell story here, and yeah. um, what the the adjacent story is CNBC.com Facebook and Twitter make editorial decisions to limit distribution of story claiming to show smoking gun emails related to Biden and his son. So right. Facebook said Wednesday it decided to limit the distribution. Uh, the editorial decision to reduce the spread of the story, which provides minimum, <laughs> which provides minimal evidence is a significant one for Facebook. The show, social media company has long professed to stand for freedom of speech and rejected the idea that it be an arbiter of truth. But of course, and they got this really funny ominous uh, Mark Zuckerberg picture. I love this shot. It just looks so like <laughs> I'm, I'm so I'm so innocent. Why would you, but look so guilty. Um, um, in the New York post post article, they actually posted some of the images, uh, from the laptop. And most of them are just like selfies of, uh, Hunter looking a little scraggly there with his shirt off. He's smoking a cigarette. The next one, he's in the bathtub smoking a cigarette, just kind of lounging. Then there's one where he's sleeping. He's like in a bed, with uh, blankets pulled up around his shoulders, 
and he's at least acting to sleep with what with looks a, to be a crack pipe in his mouth. Pipe. Oh my gosh. Jeez. Oh yeah, this isn't smoking gun. Li- minimal evidence. <laughs> literal smoking it's literal crack pipe. crack pipe in his mouth. <laughs> you know, uh, another interesting angle to this or just an interesting topic as well as as uh, while we're on the topic of this story and the way it's being purpo- reported and or not reported. Um, Vice did an article on this that I was reading earlier today, and they mentioned, uh, you know, the the laptop being dropped off. But then the entire article is Vice going like, this was really irresponsible of this computer repair company, you know, letting out (laughs) customers data like this. This is really going to hurt the computer repair company uh, industry. I can't believe that this owner would do this and betray the privacy of a client. (laughs) It's like five or six paragraphs of just uh, trying to besmirch the repair company. It's like, of a if it's if the contents are found to be illegal i'm sure the computer repair company has some sort of obligation to report oh, it not yeah. that everybody would um oh i'm but, sure i'm sure some of the documents you sign you know if you ever read it says like if there's any illegal or whatever yeah, you know, i don't know stuff on maybe there. maybe not yeah but it wouldn't surprise me it doesn't seem out of the out of the ordinary especially if it's a uh, a matter of um public interest that's how a lot of you know of this reporting and whistleblowing and leaks get done it may be technically illegal to share uh, say like private leaked information or whether it's from the government or from a personal uh, whatever computer or something but there are exceptions if it's of if the nature of the information is of public interest especially uh, in regards to politicians and their families and business deals and foreign corruption and oh i don't know something akin to treason treason adjacent (laughs) at least yeah Uh, this quote is fantastic by andy stone a spokesman for facebook who tweeted Mm. this just so if you had any if you had any doubt that all these companies (laughs) are tweeted he tweeted (laughs) this quote while i intentionally i will not uh, i'm sorry let me start over quote while i will intentionally not link to the new york post i want to be clear that this story is eligible to be fact checked by facebook's third-party fact checking partners uh, in the meantime, we are reducing its distribution on our platform. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Full on so- Ministry of Truthiness, man. That's <laughs> crazy. That's insane. Like, wow! It's eligible to be fact checked. Like, come on. He's basically I mean- just saying. Yeah, we don't like this story because we want Biden to win the election. So we're not going to let people share. We're going to censor it. (laughs) This is basically in so many words. Wow. That's exactly what he's saying. I mean, that is that is ridiculous. Well, now, if if in let's just say, okay, we're putting on the tinfoil hats now. We're just playing around with ideas, everybody. If indeed Biden, uh, whether it be Hunter and or Joe, are uh you know involved in some sort of treason adjacent activity and if indeed it is true that biden uh you know 
used his uh, pre- vice presidential power for personal gain and the personal gain of his family. Uh, Facebook intentionally censoring that information would make, I believe there would be a case to make that Facebook would be uh, maybe not a full on accomplice, but some sort of party to the crime for, uh, you know, limiting evidence or something. Yeah. Yeah. But that's my non-professional lawyerness. I I, I hear you. I I don't think it's going to happen. It's, oh, it's nothing not will happen. happen. But I mean, yeah. in in the eyes of God, perhaps. Yeah. Well, that's what I was going to say. Is like, can you imagine? I, I really, you know, I hope that Jesus does return in our lifetime. I mean, I want to see those the, that court, you know, where Jesus is yeah. like, pointing stuff out and he's <laughs> got his like <laughs> got his case and uh, he's all you know, all truth shall come to light. Yeah. Sometime. Yeah. 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 Very good. Yeah. So yeah. Right, well, thought, there you go. Uh, There's your little hairy legs Biden update. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean it's, i don't know who's voting for this guy other than people that hate trump you know not <laughs> yeah. not that voting for trump is so much better but just you know that this uh this type of info is out there choose it's your slugging. master yeah exactly it's a slugfest right now it's pretty outrageous yeah it really um, is getting intense and not to be outdone we will launch a new age this is uh, Daily Beast. So now we're sorry. jumping on the opposite end of the spectrum. Go ahead. Real quick. Future mm-hmm. X, Mrs. Mecca Basil, coming in with the facts today. Uh, accessory after the fact was the, mm. the term I was looking for. Ah, okay. there you go. Okay, so this is DailyBeast.com. Trump touts Falconer's Benghazi blood sacrifice conspiracy theory. And uh, the Daily Beast. <laughs> what? Yeah, the Daily Beast uh, has this <laughs> has this under the label so wicked. <laughs> oh, the Daily Beast. Okay, do you know about the Falconers? No, uh, Benghazi. Bla- you you don't know about this? Oh, oh. In yeah, regards yeah. to Benghazi, I don't remember anything about Falconers. Okay, so I will. Uh, I'll read this article here. President Donald Trump backed a budding conspiracy theory on Tuesday that four Americans were killed in the 2012 Benghazi attack to cover up the blood sacrifice of Navy SEALs and the quote-unquote fact that Osama bin Laden is still alive, marking what is perhaps the president's strangest brush yet with far-right conspiracy theories. (laughs) Trump's promotion of the new Benghazi conspiracy theory, which is fast gaining traction on the far right, came in the form of a retweet of a QAnon believer pushing the claim. The president's backing helped push the tweet about Benghazi above 14,000 tweets. Trump retweeted another video. uh, Retweets. Yeah. Trump retweeted another video about the conspiracy theory later on Tuesday night, marking the second time he had promoted the Benghazi claims on Twitter. Uh, And I think this is uh, the tweet. It says, Hayden Biden and Obama may have had SEAL Team 6 killed. Explosive CIF whistleblower exposes Biden's alleged role with the deaths of SEAL team claims to have documented proof. The bizarre theory, uh, which is, what is that? Outer? Outer? I don't know. I don't know. That's a weird word. Outre? Yeah. Outre, even by the standards of the right's usual Benghazi claims, also alleges that Osama bin Laden's body double rather than the terrorist mastermind himself was killed in 2011. 
All those claims come from a falconer who says he uncovered secrets about Al-Qaeda, Iran, and U.S. intelligence in his work as a falconer for Middle Eastern <laughs> power players. Whoa. Cool. <laughs> Al- uh, Outre means highly unconventional, eccentric, or bizarre. Okay, there you go. Alan Howard, or I'm sorry, Alan Howell Parrot, the subject of a 2010 documentary about his falconry called Feathered Cocaine, has shot to new fame on the right after a video interview with him played over the weekend at the American Priority Conference, a pro-Trump event held at Trump's Miami resort. In the video, Parrot, interviewed by conservative personality Nick No. Uh, and uh, and the father of a former Navy SEAL who died in Benghazi makes a series of bizarre claims alleging collusion between Iran, former Vice President Joe Biden, and Hillary Clinton ahead of the attack. Parrot claims the Biden uh, that Biden cut a deal with Iran to set up Bin Laden's 2011 death in Pakistan. But when Iran double-crossed the United States and switched in a Bin Laden body double, in Parrot's telling. Biden and Clinton arranged for a Navy SEAL helicopter to be shot down to keep the truth about the raid from getting out. The reference to a real-world helicopter attack in Afghanistan that killed 38 people, including 25 Navy SEALs. Quote, Vice President Biden paid with the blood of SEAL Team 6, Parrott said in the video. He spent their blood like currency. Later in the video, no Noah, or no Noe? No claimed that the Benghazi compound was attacked to cover up the fact that supposedly the missile used in the helicopter attack came from the United States. It's just so wicked, Parrot said in the video, adding that he has terabytes of evidence to prove the conspiracy theory to Trump. Ordinarily, that's a lot. Of evidence. That's a lot yeah. Ordinarily, this latest iteration of the Benghazi conspiracy would remain confined to the wilder parts of the internet, but Trump's endorsement shot it to national prominence fueling the bizarre allegations about blood sacrifice and bin Laden body doubles. The tweet Trump reposted linked to an article uh, about Parrott's claims on a little-known website called DHJH Media, written by blogger Carrie Donovan, who describes herself as an ex-community organizer who writes about cultural Marxism. While Trump apparently considers the new Benghazi conspiracy credible enough to retweet to his nearly 90 million followers, even Donovan is backing away from Parrott's claims. Quote, I have no proof that the whistleblower's claims are true. Donovan tweeted on Tuesday, a few hours after Trump retweeted her story. So, uh, so there you go. I mean, Trump seems to be pushing some of these ideas out there. And, you know, part of it is all obviously a, uh, a, a schmear campaign against anything Biden related. But on the other hand, you know, he's privy to some information that uh, the rest of us aren't. And yeah. I would not be surprised whatsoever if there's some some level of truth to the idea of a Bin Laden body double getting killed. I mean, it was weird when, you know, they they tossed his body overseas or whatever. It was like they didn't oh, have yeah. a body. I mean, just, those, the whole thing was kind of messy to begin with. So, uh, yeah, those theories have been floating around since the day it happened for sure. So let me get this straight. The Falconer is the... The whistleblower source. Yeah, that's what it says in this article. I don't know the the full sort of <laughs> so the full. Who thing. is this guy? Is he just a guy, or was he? Is he in the government? Is he from Afghanistan? Who I think is this Falconer. Yeah, I think he's from, or he at least served 
what did it say here in the article? Let me try to find that. That I missed it. I was trying sentence. to go back and look for it. Uh, we got da, da, da. yeah. A, Word search falconer. It was a falconer for Middle Eastern power players. So yeah, he, I think he was in those circles. I mean, what I don't a crazy know. Crazy gig. I, I was gonna say I don't know what. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what kind not of sure what that means yeah i don't know what that means in terms of maybe why do the power why do the power players need a falcon hey hey anyways hey, why, why are you why are you uh offending other cultures basil it's uh i'm, I'm just curious I'm i want to learn i'm here to learn um uh, <laughs> yeah this is very interesting you know this is one of those ones here's the thing you got to keep in mind and everybody here knows this but it's it's what gets lost all the time when it comes to normies and trying to uh, interact with conspiracy theories is like there are known declassified official conspiracies that have been revealed and have now become a part of history the fact that you haven't heard about it before or that it sounds crazy does not automatically mean it's false. Right. Uh, you know, and what would it take for these people to, that's, you know, I was thinking about this today, if I may just ramble for a second. We are in such a crazy situation as human beings on earth right now, because we're now in a situation where we've been, uh, for instance, mainstream media will complain that, uh, you know, people don't trust authorities anymore. Nobody listens to the official experts, you know, that kind of talk. Yet it is the mainstream media who has convinced everybody that they shouldn't trust the president of the United States. <laughs> Like the basically top authority of everything in the world, more or less. Now, of course, that's hyperbole, but you get the point. Uh, So they're like complaining. You don't trust authority. Don't trust the most authoritative person in the world. But you have to trust authority. I mean, our authority, not his authority. It's like we're trained or people are trained to not trust a single thing that Trump says. Now, whether or not this particular theory is true or not, I have no idea. It gets a little wild. And of course, there was a lot of fishy stuff regarding Benghazi and the uh, the Osama bin Laden assassination. You know, both of those were highly secretive, highly fishy. And of course, you know, of course, the, the If you think that they have told you everything about it, you're just being very silly. Of course, there's secrets that we'll never know. Um, And who knows? Maybe the secret is that this falconer was, uh, you know, I don't know, there? I'm not sure where the claim comes from, but believe the falconer (laughs) or don't, whatever. Yeah, I hear you. I think, yeah, there's a, a whole epistemological crisis on who to believe, what outlets to believe, the traditional, and this is all part of the Smith Mund Modernization Act. It's it's really the 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 I don't know the catalyst that turned all of this into a sort of a, a craze, you know, psychotic, yeah, I don't know, psychosis for everybody type of situation here in terms of right. you know information, and but you know amongst that are still you know true information that's being 
brought to light, but it's a, the problem with this type of thing is that it also discredits or at least fuels skepticism for even the true information. And that's part of the whole idea for them from whatever that may be. Yeah. Whatever it may be, it doesn't matter because if you can question everything, then you can even question true things. Um, And so uh, I think that there's a, uh, with this sort of thing, you know, I haven't, I haven't done the deep dive in the Benghazi situation, uh, so I don't know exactly, but... Um, I haven't done it in a long time, at least. It's been a while, yeah. And, and But I would suggest that perhaps as the president of the United States, Trump has some kind of uh, info, intel, that would lead him to at least throw this out there as yeah, a type of He's uh, the tease. highest highest ranking you know secret information holder in the world of course he has more info than us but that's another reason why to so distrust in what he says isaiah forty two fourteen in the chat says basil your falcon envy is showing you got me you got me isaiah i am just jealous of this falconer yeah i know um well not as much not as cool as the uh, so, you know the other problem is anytime you try to google any of this stuff all you'll find yeah. is like football references, you know, Atlanta Falcons. It's like, no, <laughs> I don't want to hear about the Falcons, the football yeah. team. And of course, of course, we all know that birds aren't real. Thank you, Gazelle and Bonds. In the yes. Um, very, very good point. So to summarize this story, let me, let me summarize this. You tell me if I got it right or not. So a falconer, very high level falconer, a, a noble man, a noble profession. Where would we be without the falconers? Um, is coming out whistleblowing saying that Benghazi was a cover up for the some sort of botched or uh, uh, or shadowy um, facts about the Osama bin Laden raid. They're connected somehow. Right. Okay. Yes. I got it. Yeah. I understand now. Yep, well, if uh, Trump says it, I believe it. And that's all there is to it. So, jeez. <laughs> oh, okay, then. You heard it here first. <laughs> On the red team. Oh, no. Basil. Oh, no. Basil's, Basil has right. uh, dropped out. Rosewater 2020 has <laughs> now been reduced to Trump four more years. Oh, no. MAGA. Oh, no. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> All right. Well, you have anything else to say about this story? No, I don't. I, I forgot to mention okay. an update story, but we'll do it after the break real quick. Okay. Sounds good. Let's take a really quick break. It's break time. Come on. Take a break. Come on. Take a break, everybody. Don't go anywhere because uh, we are going to be covering some uh, good stuff after the break. If you want to know, uh, we've been really consistent with these space, space Pope reptilian updates, but a big, very interesting update going on in the Catholic Church. Uh, we also have some very important uh, surveillance and privacy news we're going to want to talk about. Um, and then everybody's favorite, a Nephilim update at the end. So don't go anywhere. We're just going to take a couple minutes uh, to thank some of our new Twitch followers and thank uh, some producers of this show 255 um gons uh short list again on the twitch you ready ready okay i want to thank new follower t stash 
Thank you very T-stash. much, T-Stash. Then we've got uh, Warrior2652. All right. Thank Warriors. you very much. Yes, let freedom ring. Thank you very much. Bella Bramo. Bella Bramo. All right. Next, I want to thank Camel Knees. All right. Mm-hmm. Strong knees. Then we have Herm Carroll. Uh, last couple here. We've got Metal Lord 36. Whoa. Yeah. And Hugh Manoid. Oh, I get it. Like, yeah, Hugh. you get it. Thank you very much to all of our new Twitch followers. We thank you, thank you, thank you. Remember, if you haven't done it yet, uh, even if you prefer YouTube or one of those other platforms, it's really important to follow us on multiple platforms um, beca- and turn on notifications. Of course, notifications going out is always difficult to get them in a timely manner, and following us on multiple platforms is the best way to guarantee you get the notification when a new episode is live. You don't want to miss it, so make sure to do that okay next up i'll take this very quick brief moment to encourage you to hit the like button or the thumbs up or whatever we're trying some experiments getting behind the algos here so thank you very much if you haven't done that um but it's time to thank some of our producers guns producers it's really good uh, flavor you're adding there. <laughs> and uh, if you're new to the show, let me let me help you. Let me help you along. We are on the value for value model. You might notice we haven't done any advertising. We don't try to sell you uh, um, an underwear subscription or a mattress or, I don't know, CBD oil or something. That's because we decided long ago that uh, advertising is pretty much Lucifer's favorite tool uh, for corrupting the world and corrupting otherwise uh, integrity-rich content producers. Now, I'm not saying everybody who does advertising is, uh, you know, a big problem, but advertising and the big data behind it itself are the big problems. Y'all saw the social dilemma. Y'all know what I'm talking about. You've all heard podcasters. They have, uh, you know, 15 minute ad reads beginning, middle and end in order to uh, support themselves. And I get it, man. The temptation is real. But the problem is the very concept of advertising incentivizes uh, people like Gons and I and other podcasters, content producers, to consider you, dear listener, a commodity. That's right, cattle, to be loaded up and collected in mass numbers so they can be uh, sold for the personal profit of the content producer. Now, that's not necessarily a problem for everybody, but it's a problem for us. We just didn't like the idea of that. We truly do consider all Canary Cry listeners as family we call it the canary cry family um and you even if you're new welcome to the family to the canary cry family that's right and uh instead we go on the value for value model which is we do the show we do the best we can and we do it as consistently as we can and uh, if you get any value out of this show or any of our shows you have the opportunity to put value back in and we really cannot keep the system going without the generosity 
generosity and uh, participation of our producers. That's right. If you're getting educated or entertained or you appreciate the analysis or maybe you're hearing some some news stories for the first time, uh, you're welcome. If you get any value out of that stuff, please consider becoming a producer. People have been uh, jumping on board uh, you know, this year has been a great year. We've switched over to the value for value model and we couldn't be happier. So um, the first way that we recommend people can become a producer, I will say, Gons, uh, it is a little bit of a light day. So I'm going to I'm going to prepare your expectations now. Um, but the first way to do it is to head over to patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. That's patreon.com slash ccnt. And uh, I'm over here, Gons. Let me do a little refresh. And I gotta say, uh, keep those expectations low. No new producers since last show. In fact, we had one deletion. So a little sad over there on the Patreon uh, today, but that's okay. You know, sometimes these days happen. It's Wednesday. And it's hard to, uh, you know, get the motivation to produce, you become a producer of your favorite podcast when you're in the middle of the week like this. Um, so that makes that segment quick. Um, also heading over to can, uh, patreon.com slash canary cry radio. That's right. If you don't know, that's our other show. It's an interview style show. We recommend you check it out on your favorite podcatcher. Patreon.com slash canary cry radio. And good news, Gons. We do have one new producer over there, and they are producer Zane. <laughs> Zane. Thank you, Zane. Thank you very much, Zane. You you saved our our hurt feelings for uh, this week. Thank you for uh, producer Zane. And that's it for the Patreon. Remember, folks, you can go to patreon.com slash ccnt or patreon.com slash canarycryradio. But if you don't like Patreon, that's okay. We support you. If you don't like Patreon, you can head over to canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. That's right. Canarycryradio.com slash support. We've got PayPal options. Uh, you can join up to be a monthly producer of the show. Or if commitment is not your thing, you can make a one-time uh, producership in any amount that you would like. There's also cryptocurrency and a bunch of other fun stuff there. Um, Gons, who do we have coming in on the PayPal? PayPal, we have uh, three people that came in. Um before I do that, are we still live on Twitch? Uh, Just check in here. It's uh, yes for me. Okay. All right. Good. Okay. I, I saw somebody got an error, but you know, if you get that error, it's uh, I believe they do. Yeah. Annie's saying error code, error code, hashtag 1000. Uh, you just got to reload. It'll come back. Mm, okay. All right. I'm trying to reload on my, my little phone thing here, but it's not really working, but it's okay. Cause we're here to thank some producers for, uh, for, pitching in and the first one first producer i'd like to thank is tristan thank you tristan thank uh, you very much producer tristan uh there was uh I, I saw tristan's uh support come in twice i don't know if that was supposed to be you know whether they were trying to do it twice if not let us know but either way thank you so much for your support tristan 
And uh, next we have producer Lorelei. I think that's Lorelei. 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 Thirty-three dollars. Yes, we have a 33 producer. Thank you, Lorelai. Let me double check. I think you spelled it wrong in the document, Gons. I think that's where we're getting hung up. All right, you can check that real quick. And then last but not least, producer... Lorelai. Okay, producer David. Thank you, producer David, for coming in. Thank you, David. Thank you very much. uh, I believe David had a note. Thank you all for your hard work and dedication. So thank you, producer David, for your... uh, pitching back in for the value for value model. And um, I think that's it. That's that's, that's it all for today. Light yeah. day. Light day. Total of one, two, three, four producers. That's all right. We we understand. Times are tough. It's the middle of the month, you know, bills are uh, bills are due. Um, but in that case, please remember, uh, if you've been thinking about becoming a producer, uh, you know, if, if the spirit leads, please consider going over to patreon.com slash CCNT or canarycryradio.com slash support. Canarycryradio.com slash support. There right. we go. Thank you to our four very valuable producers. What's next, Gons? Well, we also uh, accept your producership via your talent. And uh, so we accept jingles and songs. We got a, a good handful of them last episode. Uh, this episode, we don't have any jingles that came in, but we do have a couple pieces of art to share. One art, please. <laughs> Yahoo! The first piece of art is from Ali. This is Lord of the Flies. It's oh, a really yeah. well done rendition of <laughs> VP Pence with a fly on, on his head. <laughs> the famous fly, the yes. The famous fly. And uh, the little caption, or uh, I guess it's supposed to be a speech bubble, but this is Pence saying, quote, if we're elected, I will help make Donut Earth a widely accepted fact. I like it. <laughs> I like it. Gonza's favorite earth shape, the Donut, Donut earth. earth. Donut <laughs> Earth. And uh, it's yeah. signed Ali, and I think it's spelled A-L-L-I-E. I think some people in the chat yes. were having some issues with that, so... She's changed yes, her we got uh, the signature. Note. We got the note. Spell Ally right. A-L-L-I-E. And don't you forget it. You're going to... We got to uh, make sure to save all these pieces. They're going to be worth something someday. Oh, and uh, yeah, very good. And um, they mentioned the Canary Cry merch perch. We'll talk that more, uh, more about that later. But thank you very much, Ally, Gazzle, and Bonds in the chat. Our most prolific, one of, if not the most prolific artists we have on the show, as well as one of, if not the youngest producer of the show. So thank you very much, Ally. Always a pleasure. And uh Great shading on on uh, Pence here. Yeah, very well done. Very, very. Uh, you could put this on, you know, money. Just put that on the back of like the thirty five dollar <laughs> bill, thirty three dollar bill. Uh, so thank you, producer Ali. <laughs> I don't know why Pence goes on the thirty three dollar bill, but you know, well. <laughs> it's perfect. Perfect. It's perfect. Uh, the second and last piece of art we have is from Jay Vela, the Great Global Woo! Reset. 
and um, mm-hmm. hard to describe all that's going on here. You got digital banks. Can I give it a try? Go for it. I yes. In do the it. usual J Vela fashion, we've got a collage, a mural, if you will, of uh, all sorts of touching on all sorts of topics. In the top left hand corner, there, I believe that that is the Luciferes Quantum Dot Tattoo Applicator. Yes. Um, we've also got some uh, Bitcoin there a vaccine syringe uh, titled The Great Global Reset. And you've got some pointy-eared sort of demon businessmen that are controlling, uh, well, people, puppets, and also moving around, you know, riot police and things like that. Um, We've got uh, some representations of banks and missile-launching vehicles we've got the globe with a sinister looking robed figure and a red dragon behind them and a little satellite just waiting to rain fire i'm sure Uh, we've got the pope there with his um what is that double-headed bird symbol um it's like phoenix uh, two-headed phoenix is it the two-headed phoenix symbol on top there yes we've got a meteor coming straight towards everything we've got a little uh an infant child uh, both hooked in with an electronic umbilical cord and some some brain wiring there, of course. We need the transhumanism getting in there. And uh, let's see here if I can make this a little bigger. Around the banks, we've got an angel. Oh, I'm trying so hard to see what that says. Can you read? Oh, what is it to gain the world but to lose your soul? That's right. Proclaiming the... The folly of the uh, financial system there. Very good, uh, Jay Vela. Thank you so much. Your style, your your style, your wit, the connections, all very valuable. We appreciate the art coming in. Yes, very well done, as always. Thank you for all the producers out there. I do want to mention... I do Mm -hmm. want to mention, uh, if you are listening to the podcast version of the show and not watching live, um, make sure to check our, you know, we have not been posting on Instagram, Gons, and I just realized we have so much art now that I can start posting on the Instagram um, I'm going to do that. Follow us. Just search Canary Cry Radio on Instagram. But we'll also be doing a, a big art post on the Facebook as well uh, later today, hopefully. So if you uh, want to see the art, make sure to tune in to some of the social media just to take a look. Or you can go to CanaryCryNewsTalk.com. All the art gets published with the show notes. Yes. And a quick thank you to producer That Night Wind. Uh, she let me know that it was a she. So thank you that night wind. Oh, good to know. uh, I'm glad I asked. She's the one that will leave timestamps, uh, as a pinned comment. I'll pin the comment on the face, like the sun channel. So if you ever want to skip around and just, you know, find the stories you want to hear, you can do that. And, uh, I'm still surprised, you know, I pin those comments on every episode, but we, we inevitably still get people posting like, Oh, why would you do a two and a half hour show? Who has time to listen right. to two and a half hours of your ranting? So, uh, so you know me, Gans. I'm not necessarily the YouTube pro like you are. Is it better to pin the comment or to put them into the um well into if the I, description of the if video? I, if I have an opportunity to do that, I will put it in the description. Um, but I don't necessarily have access to a computer all the time at the moment so 
If, ah, if, uh, if that night wind, I usually pin the comment from my phone and I'm able to use my YouTube studio app to just pin the comment, but I, I can't cut and paste stuff mm. in there. It's a little bit harder to do with the, you know, it's a little harder to open a YouTube browser or YouTube in the browser. And yeah. So, I mean, in theory, that's better because then it, uh, it actually creates little, uh, I don't know what they are. They're, they're just little markers that are get you know posted on the actual video timeline. So right. yeah, it's a step that I'm I've done a couple times, but uh, yeah, you know, just more steps, more okay. things that I have to yeah. do if I you know do that every time. So it's much easier to just pin it for now. But hopefully, as we go on here, we'll. Uh, I don't know. I'm I'm dreading the the day we have to change our website and like rearchive everything and. Uh, you know, that'll be part of the process is to take all those timestamps and put it in a place that's a little bit more accessible for everybody if they want to go back and listen to things. But yeah, Life either way, hard. thank you that night wind. We really appreciate it. All your, uh, your producership. Okay. There we go. Uh, anything else guns? Um, are you going to mention the Canary cry merch perch or no? Canary Cry Merch Perch. Make sure to go there. Now, that we do not run that website, so do not send us emails regarding uh, things about it. Uh, that is run by Producer Dust. Put together the Merch Perch. If you're looking for your Canary Cry Radio merch, uh, you can head over there. I believe that uh, you just pay cost on those items, um, so it keeps it uh, affordable. But you're given an option to tip either uh gons and i or you can tip the webmaster or you can tip the artist um it's a great way to do it another you know great reflection of how the canary cry family works um we're all in it together here and we couldn't be doing it without the producers so we thank uh producer dust for running that and um as usual i think there's some more stuff uh, getting put together to go up on the store. So keep checking back. Uh, CanaryCryMerchPerch.com And I do want to mention real quick the Canary Cry Prayer Group, the Producers. Um, you need to get connected with them. CanaryPrayer at gmail.com You can send in requests or get involved, uh, join the team, that sort of thing. Another aspect of uh, uh, the Canary Nation there. Uh, and there you go. That's all I got. Awesome. I, I always love it when people in the chat say something in a different language. And I'm, Ooh, I think I'm yeah. seeing some Russian in there. I, I Looks don't know. like Russian. Yeah. yeah. They're, they're on to us. A, yes, we're getting our KGB Russia, infiltrators. Russia, Russia, Russia. Russia. <laughs> 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 uh, whatever was said there. Okay. You ready to come out of the break here? Let's wake up. Yes, it's wake up time. Hey, y'all, wake up. Okie dokie. Wake up. Um, oh, real quick, I wanted to do this because I forgot to do it during the update. And, uh, and then we'll get into uh, the rest of the stories here. But this is a uh, Four Horsemen because it's Elon. Here we go. The Four Horsemen of the Elon Musk tweeted out on the 12th of October with devil horns, the devil horn oh, emoji, oh. Oh, the yeah. Illuminati spelled Illumin with the word naughty, like N-A-U-G-H-T-Y. Yes. Very clever, Elon. 
and I looked up what it means, you know, like in the urban dictionary, not, not, not show appropriate. <laughs> That's always dangerous, but I don't know why he's tweeting that. Like what, which reference to Illuminati is he talking about? I don't know. There's Maybe a few he of was them. on mushrooms or acid again and just went nuts. Quite possibly. Yes. Yeah. Um, well, it definitely yeah. sent, set people off for sure. It did. He's a troll, man. He's just a troll. I like this one. This is the uh, fifth definition. If anyone decides to look it up, caution. Don't do uh, it. Urban Dictionary Illuminati uh, definition. Uh, a group of emotionally immature, narcissistic closet cases who act out on drugs and think their childish, childish preoccupation, uh, I'll skip that part, uh, is evolved is highly evolved with intellect. There you go. That's sounds about right. Wow. That sounds great. Or finding someone with a pedestrian hook or entwining of a pineal gland through social media that allows you to know they are the second last piece of your 1000 piece puzzle. All right. Okay. Whatever that is, <laughs> but, uh, okay. Elon being Elon and, uh, Very good. yeah, there you go. <laughs> Good job, Elon. All right. You want me to take this uh, story or you? Yes. What do you think? Please take it. Okay. Coming from MSN.com. This is mirrored from CNN, so you know it's going to be good. The article is titled, Carlo Acutis, Teenager Could Become the First Millennial Saint. Whoa. A teenage computer genius could be on the path to sainthood. After he is beatified by the Catholic Church, Carlo Acutis, who died of leukemia at the age of 15 in 2006, was beatified on Saturday in the town of Assisi, Assisi, Italy. Uh, Beatification (laughs) is the pen. You turned into (laughs) Mario. Yeah. See, see, Italy. Beatification is the penultimate step, that's second to last step, in the sainthood process and means the candidate can be referred to as blessed. And that one miracle has been confirmed in his or her name. Another miracle is required for canonization, the formal act of declaring someone a saint. That's very interesting. You can do a miracle, but if you want to be a saint, you got to do another one. <laughs> <laughs> the teenager used his taste for technology to create a website that traced the history of Eucharistic miracles, which has been used by more than 10,000 parishes worldwide, the Vatican said. According to the Vatican, Acutis was religious from a young age, despite his mother having only been to Mass three times in her life. The Vatican announced that Acutis would be beatified following claims that he cured a Brazilian boy suffering from a rare disease through intercession. Acutis was born in London to Italian parents before the family moved to Milan, where he lived until his death, the Vatican said. Acutis, described by the Vatican as a, quote, computer genius with a love for the Eucharist, is believed to be the youngest contemporary person who has been beatified. Um, And I think that's the end of the article. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I yeah. saw some other uh, headlines that referred to him as teenage hacker becomes saint. And I thought, uh, I thought yeah. he was, I thought it was going to be something else. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, 
I, I feel like they've glorified his computer programmer status a little bit because all he did was sort of create a, you know, like a spreadsheet. A website, you know? yeah. A website or like an Excel sheet <laughs> yeah. that sort of documents yeah, an index, stuff. <laughs> a list yeah. of miracles that have been done, basically. Right. And I, I guess it's been used by, you know, some of the uh, heads, leaders in, in the Catholic Church. So, but, you know, there's an adjacent story to this, a little more creepy. This is from the Catholic News Agency. And uh, okay. this was published on the 2nd of October. Carlo Acutis raises question, what does it mean if a saint's body is incorrupt? And there's a photo here the, uh, of one of the older, I guess, uh, bodies of Saint Rita of Cassia. And mm. um, photos of the soon-to-be beatified Carlo Acutis have caused some confusion online. The body of a teen computer whiz was displayed for veneration in Assisi, Italy, Thursday. Uh, in the photo, Carlo's body appeared to be preserved from the natural process of decay after his death in 2006. And some thought that he could be incorrupt. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, that's really weird that they would do that. Oh, but uh, Bishop Domeniso Sorrentino of Assisi clarified October 1st that Carlo's body, which is pictured here, though intact, quote, was found in the normal state of transformation typical of a cadaveric condition. Carlo's body was arranged with dignity for its display for public veneration and a silicon reconstruction of his face used, he said. And, you know, this picture is like, this is what they use to display. I mean, it just looks like a kid that's asleep, to be honest with you. Yeah, did they say there's a silicone thing over his face? I think, yeah, it's a silicon reconstruction of his face. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not really sure that counts as being incorruptible, but... I think people are saying, because they saw the picture, they didn't realize that it was a silicone oh, thing. Oh, okay, got it. So they're it. going, the oh confusion. my gosh, he's a saint. I see. Well, you know, there's a couple of angles to this, Gons, and I see some people in the chat pointing it out already. First of all, I think this is just, uh, you know, A, this is... Uh, an interesting PR move, maybe to draw a younger generation to the church, to the Catholic oh, yeah. church, um, you know, cause of course you got a bunch of young millennials and uh, generation Z more in particular. They're like, well, why would I care about all these old dead people? Why would I pray to all these, uh, you know, ancient people? I'm not even sure existed. Well, don't worry, young people. Now we've got to, a young computer whiz that you can pray to or worship or however they do things over there. Um, so a little bit of a PR move, get the younger crowd coming in. There's also an interesting point to be made. You know, they're really pushing this computer whiz hacker angle on this kid. Yeah. Um, it kind of lines up with a little bit of the sort of techno one world religion technocracy uh, type of thing. I mean, yeah, I, there's I, I can't remember if I saw this in a movie or of a TV show or a sci fi book or something. I can't remember. But there was a representation of, uh, you know, a far flung future cyberpunk type thing. And uh, yeah, people who are like transhumanists or cyborgs or hackers or something were sort of worshipped as saints. And it kind of has that like futuristic sci-fi feel. And oh, yeah. yet here we are. We're doing it. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. I think that's really the angle here, which is that uh, not just yeah the the technocracy, the, but this is definitely the Catholic Church um, publicly dipping their toe into the whole idea of technology and how it's changed and how one can be, you know, basically uh, put in place of some kind of uh, ascended, you know saint if you will yeah. I mean, it's, it's the way they right. define it you know it's a little different how we define a saint but uh yeah very interesting how they did this and do you see the display here basil of the actual uh public veneration yeah. it's like a mm -hmm. it's a it's a casket well not a casket it's like a stone type of casing and there's like a, a creative window on the side of it sort of in the shape of his yeah. body and you can see his body mm -hmm. in there and so uh, obviously you know this kid died in 2006 and there's a public thing and you see his body and he looks like he's just some kid sleeping in there, you know, <laughs> probably like, yeah. Oh my gosh, he hasn't, he hasn't, <laughs> he hasn't decayed at all. He's incorrupt. Yeah. That's the incorruptibility. You know, it's interesting too, um, because I do know that for the most part, you know, the, the Catholic church puts a lot of work and, uh, you know, some very tedious, uh, investigation or, or at least so it's been represented that way into uh investigating claims of miracles yeah and uh this kid's miracle was you know he cured somebody of well i need to pull it up again but cured somebody of something through intercession basically meaning he just he prayed for somebody and cured got a brazilian better. boy suffering from a rare disease that's as now, vague as it gets <laughs> It's, the boy it's suffering from a rare good. disease was cured by intercession. Yeah, Computer genius kinda, saint. <laughs> and, you know, intercession, it, it's, it's one of those very kind of interesting terms um, because it basically just means praying Prayer, for the yeah. person. Yeah. But intercession kind of has a connotation, not a connotation, but has a implied, at least where I come from, intercession kind of has an implied distance between you and the person not quite uh you know being in the same room laying on of hands type right. of thing right um, i'm sure that's a little bit flexible depending on people's uh, you know traditions they come up with but for me that's kind of always been like a a, a far away thing praying from from afar and so in the investigation of if this uh what is the name acuity Oh, let me get it right. Oh, Acutus. I'm back on the Falconer article. Hold on, sorry. <laughs> Falconer. Acutus. There we go. I just can't stay away from that Falconer. Uh, Acutus, yes. Uh, so, yeah, it makes me wonder. Was that like, oh, this kid was cured from a rare disease, and we do know that Carlo Acutus prayed for him, so therefore a miracle. Or was it, uh, were they in the same place? I don't know. I it's don't have the details right in front of me. It's probably, you know, some kind of basic thing that like wowed the, uh, the old elite, uh, Vatican people there where they're like, you know, Oh look, he emailed a kid and where was it? Argentina. I was going to say, I was going to say, him. maybe he's, <laughs> maybe he oh. put the prayer on the blockchain gons. Oh, boy. Anyways, yeah, I think uh, I think the angle, the real interesting angle, is the beatification of um uh, of you know a techno wizard, a uh, millennial too. Yes, 
Uh, is he a millennial? Yes, yeah. millennial yeah. saint. Yeah. So yeah, get the young people in there. Uh, elevate the status of you know computer whiz. What did Hillary call the <laughs> techno experts? I don't know. She had a funny remember. name for. She was referring to you know <laughs> CIA. Uh, oh analysts she called him something funny anyways there you go very interesting we'll see we'll see if he makes it the problem is he to become an actual saint he needs to have two miracles under his belt and he died 13 years ago maybe his second miracle is his resurrection you know what i wonder and i think maybe incorruptibility does count as a second miracle, I think. Oh, yeah. interesting. Yeah, but they're claiming he's not, so I don't know. Anyways, yeah, very anyway. interesting development. Yeah, either way, it's, it's uh, yeah, as you said, I think it's a lot of PR, but. Yep. Okay, moving on. We got a couple more stories here. Did you ever have the feeling that you were being watched? This story from 10.medium.com, one of the creepier pieces of art there clear conquered us airports now it wants to own your entire digital identity oh, it's kind geez. of a longer article uh, i'll read some of it i don't necessarily have to go through the whole thing here in march the air travel industry ground to a halt the coronavirus pandemic was spreading and both airlines and passengers were caught unprepared most of the world, including the United States, began turning away foreign visitors not wanting to bring more of the virus past their borders. Some airplanes were turned around in midair and sent back to where, they come, where they'd come from. By April, airlines and airports faced a grave reality. Nobody was flying, and revenue was plummeting. Scenes of empty airports became common in the news. At Los Angeles International Airport, the second largest in the U.S., the number of departing passengers dropped by 95% compared to the same time period in 2019, according Ooh. to an internal message obtained by 1-0 via public record request. Airline stocks plummeted, and some cities began bailing out airport uh, concession stands and car rental companies. For Clear, an identity verification company that serves airline passengers, the slowdown seemed like an existential threat. Clear's 5 million members pay for an annual subscription that lets them travel through security lines faster at more than 60 airports and sports arenas around the U.S. members. Uh, around the U.S. members pay $179 a year to access kiosks where they verify their identity via iris or fingerprint scanners in order to skip long lines at security checkpoints, and anyone can sign up for the app's free tier which grants them this preferential treatment at stadiums. Was that one sentence? Oh, okay. <laughs> you know what it is? I think he, they forgot a period after the U.S. So I read it like it was just a continued sentence, but yeah, you got to put a second period there. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Clear's revenue from some of the airports where the company, uh, where the company operates more than, well, well, let me try that again. Clear's revenue from some of the airports where the company operates more than halved during the month of April, according to documents received by 1-0. It would take at least three months for Clear to resume generating revenue close to what it was before the pandemic. But more than 3,500 documents and emails obtained by 1-0 through public record requests shed light on how the company used the pandemic to pivot 
and help expand its business model beyond getting flyers to the front of the line. Clear's vision for its fingerprint, iris scanning, and facial recognition business goes beyond kiosks in airports or sports arenas. It wants to be a holistic identity verification platform, covering more intimate moments in our everyday lives. The company has already amassed troves of personal data on its customers, especially for clear customers who use the service to buy concessions and enter sports stadiums. The company has even explored sharing that data with partners for marketing purposes. Ah, there you go. Oh, boy. There you go. The company has even, uh, in return for cutting to the front of the line, unimpeded customers handing out, uh, handing over vast swaths of biometric and travel data. Uh, yeah, that's pretty crazy. At its core, Clear monetizes trust. That is oh, the great. main point there. When yeah. the company's the company verifies a person's identity, whether that be to enter an airport, a stadium, or buy a beer at the concession stand, Clear is affirming that they are who they say they are. Right now, this verification process means priority access to an airport or stadium security line as a trusted Clear member. But in the future, documents and slideshows reviewed by One Zero suggest Clear plans to be the company that verifies your identity every time you have swiped a credit card. Uh, every time you would have swiped a credit card, shown your ID at a door, or handed over a health insurance card. Karen Seidman Becker, the company CEO, said, uh, has said as much. While Clear's head of public affairs, Marina Comella, answered questions over email, the company did not make Seidman Becker available for the story. Quote, we are a platform company. Think about it like Amazon. And we are oh, and the humans no. are the product. <laughs> I don't, don't want to think about it like Amazon. That's the worst way to think about it. Once you register, you're tapping one click all the time. Seidman Becker said during an onstage interview at a U.S. Chamber of Commerce event last year. Quote, enroll once at the airport. Now you can use it at Hertz. Now you can use it at sports stadiums. Now you can use it at Seahawk at the Seahawks uh, to buy a beer. I think she means Seahawks, like the football team. That is mm -hmm. the power of a platform. Now you think about adding hotels. Now you think about rideshare. You are your credit card when you enroll. Now you can you think about buying or selling. Credit card. <laughs> oh my gosh! You cannot buy or sell without it. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Clear wants to be, okay, that's a quote there. To, to that end, Clear announced a new product called Health Pass in May. It takes Clear's main identity verification service and attaches a person's health information to their profile. Why would anybody do that? Why would anybody do that? Okay. Clear has pitched For the product. safety, Gons. Yeah, safety, schmasty. Clear has pitched the product to businesses that it never had formal relationships with before, including the National Hockey League, restaurant firms like Founders Table, and the 9-11 Memorial and Museum, according to the company's press releases. The health pass pitch went to familiar clients as well. On July 7th, Clear sent an email to executives at LA International Airport, according to documents, I'm going to skip every time it says that, establishing its vision global security during the pandemic across a 16 slide presentation the deck was called helping get america moving mm. uh, i'm just saying the hgam 
Uh, and it laid out how Clear's new product would work through self-administered health quizzes and integrations with COVID testing labs. Clear's app would allow companies to monitor the health of staff and patrons of office buildings, hotels, restaurants, hospitals, sporting events, and of course, airports. Only those who are able to prove good health would gain access to these realms of public life with Clear's app as the arbiter. Basil, this is one of those super duper called it. <laughs> called it moments. I mean, we've been, we were saying, yeah. I mean, a lot of people were, but we were especially one to say early on in the whole pandemic thing, technology is going to rapidly increase and they're going to make it very difficult for us to go anywhere without some kind of check. Um, yeah. And uh, here's a little bit more clear was born of disaster founded, <laughs> founded in the wake of the nine 11 attacks. Very much a problem reaction solution. Clear, originally yep. known as Verified Identity Pass, wrote a wave of new funding from Congress allocated to secure American airports from terrorist plots. The history isn't lost on the company. In its recent presentation on Health Pass, Clear compared coronavirus impact to the terrorist attack of 9 11. Quote Clear was founded in the wake of 9 11 to help Americans feel safe and secure getting on airplanes. Our trusted opt-in service is well positioned to meet the challenge of screening 2.0. Screening 2.0. Wow. Oh, no. Uh, goes on a little bit, um, talks a little bit more about 9-11 and the difference between uh, what Clear is doing according to VIP. Here it is. Okay, so, but that year, okay, this is uh, 2008. Let me just start here. VIP looked a little bit different from what Clear is today. Instead of verifying your identity with an iris or fingerprint scan, members carried a special card that they would insert at kiosks in an airport. Brill raised more than $100 million, and an estimated 200,000 people joined the VIP program by the late 2000s, according to Business Insider. At its peak in 2008, VIP operated in more than 20 airports. But that year, the company stumbled. An unencrypted company laptop containing personal information of 33,000 oh, no. members. 33 oh, alerts. Yeah. Was stolen. Really? Was it stolen? Really? <laughs> mm. And the TSA suspended the company's ability to register new customers in airports for about two weeks. Oh, no. Two weeks. We can't wow. get your information for two weeks. Sideman Becker now says this episode is an urban myth and that there wasn't any personal information on the laptop. Brill mm -hmm. yeah, left the company. Story. Yeah, Brill left the company in March 2009, and by the end of the year, Verified Identity Pass had filed for bankruptcy. Months later, two former billion-dollar hedge fund managers, having closed their funds in the wake of the recession, bought VIP for just $6 million with a novel idea, rehabilitating the service as a luxury tech, uh, luxury tech brand. The Clear program would no longer just save you time. Now, it would unlock a lifestyle. Carolyn Seidman Becker, oh, yeah. <laughs> Ken Cornick. Now the company's CEO and president respectively changed the name of the company to Clear and registered it under a parent company called All Clear. It kind of looks like AI Clear too, depending on how you how you read oh. it. I think it's All Clear. Um, let's see stuff about Bush. 
since its rebirth, Clear has been lauded as a quintessential business success story. Yada, yada, yada. Some more interesting art. Today, Clear operates in 35 airports in the U.S., where its kiosks uh, scan the irises and fingerprints of customers and send them to the front of security lines. The service is billed as a luxury time saver during one of the most stressful points in a long trip. Although, <laughs> have they figured out what's going to happen if everybody has clear? Now they're standing in well, lines to get the verified. that's the problem, ain't it? <laughs> <laughs> it works well when, you know, the sheeple are just all waiting in regular line where you can just give them your biometric right. data. But uh, I'm sure yeah. this is a progression, you know? It'll be like, now that uh, everybody has clear, if you really, if you want to get to the front of the line now... Stick this uh, mark on your forehead or your right hand <laughs> and blah, blah, blah. Some more revenue sharing topics. Uh, the company has also been partnering with stadiums since 2015. Um, I don't know if there's that much more to the story. I think we got the crux of it. Uh, yeah, well, you know, we've done some reporting on clear before long, long ago, Um uh, these are the ones like I think the article mentioned in the they usually put it right outside of the security area in uh, the airport, especially big airports. And it's this little kiosk that says, want to skip the security line? And of course <laughs> you do. And uh, if nobody's ever seen these things, they're pretty trippy. Um, they're kind of a space age looking little kiosk thing. And. Uh, they have little retinal scanners and you give them your fingerprints. They basically take all of your biometric data and uh, I think you got to pay them some money or something and then you get to skip the security line. So it's like, um, I don't know, the the uh, parallels between, you know, giving us all your biometric data is as safe as going through security. You know, it's got that security for data transaction that, uh, you know, the mind controllers have been trying to push for a long time now. Um, but it really is one of the, I mean, there's a lot of places that, you know, you, you get your fingerprints, the government does it, you know, every, every all that kind of stuff. But it was really one of the first uh, commercial retinal scanners yeah. that you could come in contact with in the public. And this was like, I mean, the last one I saw was must've been three years ago, something like that. Um, so yeah, it's a, it's serious business, man. They really lock you down there. Yeah. It's pretty bad in terms of, uh, just the invasiveness of it all. Um, it says here that, uh, uh, they made a partnership with Budweiser to make the Bud Now machine. <laughs> Core oh, fingerprints, fingerprints down, checks you are you, you are over 21, and you have an authenticated payment, and it delivers you your beer in less than 20 seconds. Oh, my gosh. And then How convenient. Says, How could we pass it up? I know. See Maxine Most? That does not sound like a real name. See like the letter C, Maxine Most, Principal Analyst at Acuity <laughs> Market Intelligence, uh, which focuses on tracking the biometrics industry, says that there's a wide opportunity for Clear to become its members' digital identification card, the one place that holds all of its members' credit cards, government documents, healthcare information, and more. 
To pay at a convenience store would be scanning your face or fingerprint, and Clear would verify your identity and supply your credit card information. Because right now, there's really no competition for an identity platform that doesn't rely on a smartphone. I guess that's a really big kicker there. It's There's always that smartphone layer, but now it's right. now you don't need it. Now it's just straight to your body. <laughs> well, uh, and as you've noticed, probably anybody out there who has Facebook or anything like that, you know, there's the big joke coming. I don't know. Maybe it's a joke. It's a a meme, a sort of satire against people who are, you know, keeping an eye out for tracking and surveillance and Mark of the Beast or whatever, where it'll be like, oh, people are afraid of being chipped by a vaccine or, you know, getting some sort of tracking device implanted in them, but they already have their smartphone, so... (laughs) You know, so I'll kind of try and be smart about it. And uh, it's interesting. I mean, iPhones have all only been around for a little over 10 years, 10, 12 years, something like that. And uh, they're, they're already looking for ways to push tracking you without the smartphone. They're like, we got the smartphone thing down. We've got that dialed. We got everything we need with the smartphone. Now we got to try to do it without the smartphone. And that really is the the biggest concern. I mean, yeah, we're all aware of the tracking that goes on with the smartphones, um, but there can always be more. That's kind of a big, um, a big. Uh, I don't know. De- deception is kind of a strong word. That not quite the word I'm looking for, but I'll call it a deception. There's kind of a deception going on that, like, oh, if you have an iPhone then they already know everything about you and surveillance could not be worse. Trust me, folks. Flippy is going to scanning every blade of grass and every bean in a farmer's field. There can always be more (laughs) surveillance. Don't let them think that you're already, you know, hundred percent locked in. There can always be more. Um, And people trying to, you know, make that point are, uh, they are, in the the brainwash club and they're trying to create apathy um in others because they're ashamed of their own apathy on the the topic that's just my personal opinion about people making that joke i'm i'm seeing and i've made the joke before too but to take it seriously there can always be more it could always get worse oh yeah 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 this sort of uh, this couple paragraphs here summarizes it looks like we're throttling again a little bit on the stream here Um, But uh, hopefully we're back for those viewing live. Uh, The idea goes a step beyond Apple Pay or tap to pay credit cards, says Alan Good, biometrics analyst and founder of Good Intelligence. Now, we should just come up with our own canary cry intelligence, you know? Um, It's what biometrics wonks call tokenless or naked verification, because the only thing you need to prove your identity is your face or your fingertips. Uh, That might be frivolous when talking about concession payments, but the idea scales to any kind of identification or card that you might carry around in your wallet. Seidman Becker has spoken around this idea before uh, and last year even predicted the end of wallets, saying in five to seven years, they wouldn't serve a purpose anymore. This is a quote. This is a quote, 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 quote. You are your driver's license, your credit card, your healthcare card, your building access card. Why are you whipping all these cards out? <laughs> oh, 
the the struggles of 2020 having I mean, to carry cards with uh, your important information. Uh, uh, this is this is insanity, I think. <laughs> I mean, like I can understand like oh, you know, cash will change the world. You won't have to carry you don't have to get your wheelbarrow and, right. and wheel around your gold <laughs> when you want to buy some food, you know. Okay, all right, fine. <laughs> a little bit of cash is easier to carry around. But now it's just absurd. It's, oh, I, yeah. Why are you whipping out all these cards? I mean, what are you going to do with well, all these cards? It's so inconvenient. It's it's a great example of the, you know, it's the, the, the frog in the boiling pot, man. It mm-hmm. just happens slowly. Baby steps. It's a slippery slope. Whatever little metaphor you want to make. Uh, it's And it's just going to continue, as we know. Um, but it's certainly speeding up faster than I ever imagined. Oh, it's ridiculous. And this, this company clear has been quietly, uh, been building all of it. And of course the, uh, as the story states, the, uh, the whole coronavirus situation, uh, <laughs> allowed them to pivot and <laughs> like very conveniently. <laughs> I know. Very convenient. Yeah. Yeah. Allowed them to turn go from just being a you know a little airport kiosk or a sporting stadium kiosk to becoming your health pass identity secured uh, owner welcome to the welcome to the <laughs> database folks yeah seriously you know it's uh again this is a long time coming you know there there are stories out there about people who are unable to get certain types of uh, help or, you know, just a lot of things if they don't have a social security number, you know, as far mm-hmm. as the government's concerned, if you don't have a social security number, you don't exist in America. Correct. You know what I mean? So there's, there's already been that precedent, but uh, mm-hmm. it's just interesting how things have progressed so much and how companies have so much power and, and the company clear becoming, you know, because they're sort of a first mover, they have all the advantage here and, and they have all the, it looks like the government support there. So, yeah, I will say that has been an interesting thing to watch. There's really, um, you know, there's been a lot of talk, especially from Gates and because of the whole COVID thing about having your, your COVID pass or your, you know, your digital uh, health passport and it's going to be all wrapped up in your identity and your financials and things like that. Um, that people have, you know, some some people have been identifying, trying to connect with maybe a Mark of the Beast thing. The problem is all that stuff they're talking about creating, whereas Clear, this company, creepy name, by the way, yeah, um, ha- is ahead of the game. They've already been collecting all this and yeah. getting people used to using their service in public spaces. Um, you know, they, they, like you said, they had a great opportunity to pivot and are really well positioned to actually be the, the corporate partner, uh, when it comes to developing this system, you know, no need for Gates to build anything, no need for, you know, whoever the UN or, uh, whatever global entity you want to run this thing. Um, they're, they're ways, they're many steps ahead. Yeah, there it's yep. clearly the beast. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> All right. Sounds All good. Right. Man, I am just clicking around the internet here. I've already got two great stories for 
next week. I thought about just bringing it up and extending the show now, um, but no, we will wait until Friday for me okay. to bring these stories. Perfect. So get stoked, everybody. Right. Um, okay. Well, Gons, I think it's time for everybody's favorite part of the show. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Decider.com raised by wolves season two theories that may or may not happen. Have you you watched raised by wolves? I tried watching the first episode. Have you watched it? No. Oh my gosh. It is. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's a type of high science fiction that we have not seen before. It's got a very, very, um, is sort of mid-century sci- sci-fi vibe. Um, you know, recently, the, the whole trend in uh, film production, television, television production has been like, um, you know, uh, not quite the, the high, sci-fi, high sci-fi. You're doing um, near future, you know, Black Mirror. It's all like kind of relatable, all mm. kind of, you could see it happening. Um, stuff like that, you know, where it's not so out of this world that you can't really relate to it. Uh, Raised by Wolves, in my experience, was just so like flabbergastingly sci-fi that uh, it was hard for me to get connected to it. I watched okay. half of the first episode and had to bail. So, for some reason, I'm thinking like Dune. Was it kind of like a Dune? Similar from times? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Exactly. Very right, similar perfect. to Dune where it's like, you really have no, it takes a lot of time to like understand what the was going on in the world. Right. Uh, okay. So I'll get to the straight to the point here, but basically HBO Max's raised by wolves was a surprise sci-fi hit of September. A breathtaking show spirited us away to the bizarre world of Kepler 22 B where two androids named mother and father found mm-hmm. to uh, fought to raise a new generation of human children to be atheists. Of course, the Mithraic church arrived in episode one and he immediately made that challenging for them. Uh, so interesting. So it goes through here, a whole bunch of the plot line and some of the theories and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But the part that I wanted to get to here, uh, raised by wolves is based on the book of Enoch. One oh. of the more, yeah, one of the more popular raised by by wolves theories on Reddit, <laughs> of course, Reddit, mm, has to do with the Book of Enoch, an apocryphal text from the Old Testament. It's said to explain the origins of demons, giants, and most importantly, the Nephilim. Mm. Her original poster, the Big Leahy's own words, it's a little tinfoil hat e, and the original poster has already edited his, edited his original theory with updates. As the first season progressed, the basic gist is that Kepler 22b is the planet where human life originated, and it was, in fact, our mythic Garden of Eden. The theory goes on to suggest that uh, the great hexagonal temple the Mithraic discover might be a prison for the fallen angel named Azazel, who is cultivating a new antichrist in the form of the false prophet Marcus. As the big lay, he puts it, quote, we have demons, we have the dode, uh, dodeca, dodecahedron, 
I suggest Azazel was once part of these Watchers described in the Book of the Watchers and was imprisoned on Kepler-22b for taking humans and making Nephilim. Now he speaks through that relic the Mithric have taken to, and I imagine wants out. Antichrist may help with that. Ooh. It's a lot, yeah, but there are some compelling parts to it, such as the idea that Kepler-22b might be the original Garden of Eden. And there's another theory that argues just that, albeit with some entirely different logic. So there you go. I mean, I guess, uh, I mean, maybe I should check it out just to see if there's any, uh, any kind of overlap with some of these uh, mythical narratives. Yeah, um, that does make me want to pick it back up again. Uh, maybe I just tried watching it too late at night. It, was, yeah, it spooked yeah. me. It is hard sometimes to pick up something uh, late <laughs> night and try to watch it when your yeah, brain is already half asleep. Right, exactly. But uh, there you go. Your your mention of Nephilim in a, in a much more fresh context than what we're used to. Yeah. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Nephilim update. Gory. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in to this episode. Uh, real quick, if you haven't done it yet, before you leave, I know people start tuning out when I start wrapping up here, uh, but drop a th- like or a thumbs up or whatever you do, whatever the thing you're watching this on or listening to it on. Uh, please do that. Help us out with those algos. And speaking of algos, if you haven't done it yet, please leave us a rating and a review. Um, I know everybody asks you to do this, and I know it's a lot to ask, folks. I know that. <laughs> but if you could, it would really help us out for a couple of reasons. A, leaving us a rating and a review. Um, Gons and I read all of them, so we enjoy getting feedback on the show in, in a little bit more organized of a matter than uh, you know people sending emails or or trying to watch the chat. So that's a great way to get our attention. Um, secondly, it really helps out with the algorithms on the podcast, uh, podcatchers, podcast players. Um, it helps people find uh, the show who may not have heard about it before, tells the iTunes uh, robots to send the show to other people. You know, hey, you, I see that you enjoy Raised by Wolves. Perhaps you'll enjoy Canary Cry Radio. Or Canary Cry News Talk. Um, so please do that. If you want an easy way to do it, in uh, your preferred search bar of choice, just search Apple Podcasts Canary Cry News Talk. And uh, that'll take you to where you need to go to leave a review. So thank you so very much. We will be back in just a couple of days, Friday the 16th. That's right. Make sure to put it on your calendar. Turn on notifications Friday the 16th, sometime between noon and 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Uh, Make sure to pay attention to time zones. I know it's hard, folks, but uh, turn on notifications. Get the notification. Follow us on multiple platforms. It's the only way to not miss an episode. That's right. And remember, uh, we're going to need to let's let's we're gonna need some uh, producers to come in by friday if you've been holding back if you've been waiting if you've just been avoiding it i understand but uh please consider becoming a producer of the show we are only able to keep doing this schedule and this length of show uh etc etc because of the continued support of our producers and you know like i like to say it's not just me sitting here asking for money it's an opportunity 
to invest in your media future. There's plenty of media out there that will gladly sell your attention and your trust for their own personal gain. We do not do that. And uh, the only way we can continue to do it that way is if people continue to produce the show. Thank you so, so very much to today's producers, producer Zane, producer Tristan, producer Lorelai, and producer David. Those people are whom you should be thanking for today's show. And uh, if you want to become a producer, if you're feeling that tug on your spirit, you can head to patreon.com slash ccnt. That's patreon.com slash ccnt for Canary Cry News Talk. Or head on over to canarycrynewstalk.com slash support. Canary Cry Radio. Dot com slash support. That's right. I look forward to uh, hearing from all of our new producers on Friday the 16th. Um, you can also produce the show in a couple of other ways. Your time, your talents, or your treasure. If you got talent... Canary's got talent. You can send in uh, art. If you want to do uh, show-related art, make sure to send that in. If you are a musical person, you can uh, create a show-related song or jingle and send those to canarycryradio at gmail.com. Remember, we got the the Canary Cry mixtape coming up after the show. We've got some great songs been coming up, coming in this past month or so. So please stick around for the mixtape. It's a wonderful time. Great. But the chat goes off during the mixtape. It's a really fun experience. <laughs> I think most people try to log off before that, but stick around. It gets wild. Um, let's see. That, that, that. Yeah. Send that all to canarycryradio at gmail.com. And lastly, y'all got friends, you got family, and they're starting to wake up. Or maybe they're they're exploring the idea that the world and the media and the news and politics and science and sociology, all those things, they're kind of starting to figure out that something smells fishy, that the world might not be exactly what it seems. And what you can do to help them and us is just send them an episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Send them this episode, send them a different episode, whatever you like. Send it to them. Have them check it out. Uh, remember, you can if you send them the YouTube link, there will be little... Uh, Little uh, timestamps, thanks to a producer that night wind, that they can kind of hop around and look at different topics that might interest them uh, throughout the video. That's a great way to do it. And if you need any more instructions, here's what you do. You walk right up to them, you grab them by the cage, and then you shake it. The end of the world occurred pretty much as we had predicted. I want to shake things up, stir up some controversy, rattle a few cages. Don't ever silence me. I'm the last angry man, a crusader for the little guy. Leave the bird alone. Never. Cradle of you cages. Cradle of you cages. The human race will have every opportunity to improve. And if they don't? Ask Noah. That's right, just ask Noah, folks. All right, remember... Producership will be waiting for you on Friday. Make sure to tune in, subscribe, review, rate, all those good things. Gons, before we take off here, any last words? You're going down, Olstein. 
<laughs> You've been waging a silent war at the end of the show here. Uh, we want to take down old steam. Yes, old steam top of the charts. Reinforcing <laughs> the resistance. We are the resistance. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of Canary Cry News Talk. Make sure to tune in next time. Again, that's Friday the 16th. But until then, remember to think outside the cage. Beasting aliens. You can't handle the truth. And melt those babies into candles. We should invite fewer people to be born. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. I wanna shake things up, shake things up. Leave the bird alone. I wanna stir up some controversy. I wanna rattle a few cages. I wanna rattle a few cages. I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. Oh, I'm the last angry man. You'll never silence me. I'm the last angry man. A crusader for the little guy. Little guy, little guy. Well, we'll see about that. Whatever, Illuminati. Fun fact, I believe it was uh, aliens. Another fun fact. Fun fact. <laughs> Another fun fact. Science is true. me back to my screamo days. <laughs> That's where I started. Light up a huge blunt, a joint. Give everybody magic mushrooms. Smoke. The CIA, you know, I mean, lots of intelligence agencies have tested secretly dosing communities. Psychoactive pills should be covertly administered. Put me on some, some, I don't know. Okay. You shot in the butt. Fluoride, oxytocin, get a chemical hug. Uh, I did dabble, you know, some of that uh, robot crack. I know what it's like. It's a lethal, lethal recipe for disaster. You need help. If you're a pharmacist, you need to repent.
<laughs> All right, weird. <laughs> Keep the cameras on. 